If you've got your Bible with you this morning, uh, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. And let's take a moment to pray. Father, thank you so much now for what you're doing in us, what you're doing through us. And we pray now that you would speak to our hearts and give us understanding and revelation of your will and your ways. We may walk in such a way that is pleasing to you in all things. And uh, we ask for open eyes today and open ears, hearts to receive the very precious word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Recently, we were conducting a believers meeting, and I was impressed in that meeting to speak about the subject of honor. And in preparing for today's uh, message and for the next few weeks, uh, it seemed good that I take those things that I shared in that more spontaneous meeting and make a series of it. And so that's what we're going to do. All right, we're going to begin a new series of messages, probably what I refer to as a mini-series. That's less than ten. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Probably won't, isn't going to be that long. Uh, but I want to talk to you about the subject of honor, okay? And uh, I want to begin here in 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 Samuel 2 and verse 30. It says, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me. Now, everyone understand this, that the Lord has a plan, and He has a great plan and a great purpose and a great future for everyone, but we do have the ability to interrupt that plan. We do have the ability to go contrary to the ways of God and to forfeit His best and His highest and His goodness for our lives, all right? There is what God wants, and there is what we walk in and what we receive and what we obey and what we do. And both sides of that, of that equation are necessary. But thank God it all starts off with God has something good for you. Amen. Let's keep reading here. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Notice this puts the ball in our court. He said, if you will honor me, I will honor you. But if you despise me, you'll be lightly esteemed. I want you to consider the the parallels and the and the contrast between some of the words that are used here. All right? Honor versus despise and lightly esteem. I think sometimes in our minds, we don't put the two words despise and lightly esteem together. But the Word of God does put those things together. If I lightly esteem something, it is tantamount to despising it. And I don't think if we asked any one of us if we despised the Lord that we would say, oh yeah, well there's days when I really just despise the Lord. 
I don't think if you asked most people, even those who are non-believers, do you despise God? I think most of them would think, that's a little bit too strong of language. I mean, I don't despise the Lord. But however, when we lightly esteem Him, that is, in His mind, the same as despising Him. I am either honoring God or I am despising Him. I am either honoring God or through my lightly esteeming Him, I am despising Him. Everybody with me now? I know these are some heavy language. This is some heavy language, but that word actually means that. The Hebrew word translated honor means to be heavy. There should be an understanding and a reality in my mind about the Lord that He is heavy. What he says, what he does, everything he's about carries much weight. When, he, when all that he's about carries much weight with me, that's when I'm honoring him. But if ever he becomes light, ho-hum, whatever, take it or leave it. If ever what he says and does and all that he's about becomes light in me, I am actually despising him. And what happens if that's the case? I become light. See, you can be a kingdom heavyweight or you can be a lightweight. You can be someone who carries much value or you can be someone who doesn't really matter. Now understand when I say that, I'm not talking about inherent value as a child of God. That is based on the price paid for us and that was the blood of Jesus. In that regard, we're all equal and everyone's of value. The Lord loves everyone, and that's not going to change. But as far as practical value to the kingdom, that is higher or lower based upon how much honor we give to the Lord. What do you mean? If I give much weight to Him, then my life carries much weight. If I dishonor or despise or esteem him lightly, then I become more take it or leave it. I don't know about you, but this makes me wonder sometimes if at, at times when people die too young, they leave the planet too early, they didn't live the full length of their days out on the earth, if it's because they were lightly esteemed. I'll let you think about that. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 15. See, when I honor something, I esteem it highly. I recognize its value and its importance. If I dishonor something, I despise it or treat it as trivial. Okay? It becomes less important than other things to me in life. I have a feeling that this is happening with the Lord. Other things are becoming more important. Listen, we know that happens all day long. But I don't think we oftentimes give it the, the weight. I don't think we oftentimes know the serious nature or the hindrance it is between us and the Lord when we lightly esteem Him. 
we go on because everyone else around us is doing the same thing. And so we kind of feel like it's no big deal. That's just kind of the way things are. But actually, it's a great hindrance to your life. In Matthew 15, let's read over here in verse 8, 15, 8. Jesus said, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus is quoting Isaiah in, the, in his prophecy. They say the right thing, but their heart is not there. I think if anywhere this could be, I don't know, a danger for us slipping into, it would be churches like ours. Because we place high value on the spoken word, don't we? We believe God's word should be in our heart and in our mouth, right? It's, uh, as Paul said, it's the word of faith that we speak. Proverbs said, life and death is in the power of the tongue. We recognize that our words are so important. We have the danger of slipping into saying the right thing. Getting the words exactly right. I mean, to the T confession. (laughs) But our hearts being far from Him. And this is what we must avoid at all times. Many people today, if you were to ask them about the Lord or about the church, they will speak positively. We'd ask most people, most believers, now I'm talking about what you? What do you think about the Lord? What do you think about Jesus? What, 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 they, they would give him high marks. Oh, yeah, he's very important. <laughs> he's very special. He means the world to me. People would speak positively. What do you think about the church? Oh, I love the church and the people in the church and God's doing great things in the church. And They would speak highly. However, often people's actions defy their words. They're honoring the Lord with their lips. But their heart is not is, is far from. How do we know where their heart is? Because the heart is revealed in their actions. The heart is revealed not in what you say about the Lord. The heart is revealed in the place that He holds in your life. And if I highly esteem Him, that's recognizable. It really is. If He's, ah, take it or leave it, you know, whatever, that's recognizable as well. Everybody with me? I really believe that we should watch out with the language whatever. Whatever. No. (laughs) I mean, there's times when it's appropriate. Which candy bar do you want? You want the Snickers or the Three Musketeers? You know, if you don't care. I mean, I I wouldn't say whatever to that, but (laughs) I'd say the Three Musketeers. But some don't care. It's like, oh, whatever. Okay, that's you're not being dishonorable there. But we should watch about other things in life that we just throw, ah, whatever. In other words, it doesn't matter. It's all the same to me. Really? Do we really approach life that way? I think we should avoid that. Now let me read a scripture to you from Proverbs. Uh, just to save time, uh, Proverbs 9, 7, and 8 says, He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who re- rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. How many understand that the, the way that a person's heart is will determine whether words of wisdom and correction and good things impact them in a positive way or a negative way? 
There's sometimes you just, man, you want to help someone. You've spent time praying for them. You want to speak wisdom into their life. But their heart is in such a condition that they're not going to benefit from you doing it. In fact, they're going to get worse. It's almost like you take butter and you take clay and you put them in the middle of the street on a hot summer day and the sun is beating down on them. How many know it's going to have a different effect? Same sun, same light that was meant to do good. It's going to melt the butter and harden the clay. Kind of like Pharaoh of the Pharaoh of the Old Testament. God kept speaking, God kept moving, kept getting harder and harder. And this is what we must avoid. The condition of our heart determines how we respond to the Word of God. How we respond to His grace and mercy and what He's doing. Even right now, we see this in, our, in services all the time. Same word, same message, same anointing. Some lives are transformed for the better. Couldn't get happier. I mean, just, uh, just the Lord is doing some tremendous things. Others are <clears throat> resist, resisting. You know, when the Word of God was preached in the book of Acts, you can see at times that uh, some, uh, the Word was preached and the Bible says they were cut to the heart. It really did a work. It convicted and it did a, it changed people's lives. Others picked up rocks. You know, the, the same word was preached, and they got angry. They responded negatively to it. How do we respond to what God's saying and doing? But with some people, you want to give them the right, you want to give them something good, and they're going <clears> to <throat> buck up against it. And they might even, it might even hurt the relationship because of how they're going to respond, where others who are wise, and they'll, they'll, learn, how, they'll learn how to receive and change. Look at Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, talking about honoring the Lord. In verse 1, 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What are we supposed to do? He said, present your, your bodies. He didn't say, present your hands lifted up. He didn't say present a nice melodious tune, right? He said present your bodies. And why, 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 why am I saying that? The NIV says this is your spiritual act of worship. What's my spiritual act of worship? Presenting my body. See, there's the notion sometimes because we're of the, you know, the biblical bent <laughs> where we express our worship. We lift our hands, we'll shout the victory and, you know, kneel before the Lord, whatever. There are physical demonstrations and expressions of worshiping God. Uh, sometimes we might think that's it. How many know that could follow into the category of honoring with lips, but their heart is far from me? True worship is not just the song I sing, not just how I express in that way. True worship has to do with how I live my life. And we need to watch out that we never become... Uh, trapped into the into the judgmental sense where we look at someone who's not as expressive as maybe we think they ought to be and we think they just don't worship God. Well, maybe they haven't gotten that revelation, but maybe they're living an honorable, holy life, and that's worship too. Hmm. Someone said one time, it doesn't matter how high you jump, it matters how you walk when you land. Hmm. 
And again, not to take anything away from shouting the victory and singing our praises to God, but understand our life is worship to Him. If, I, if I'm going out just saying, and then I go out and live a compromised life, this becomes kind of shallow. My singing, and my, I might sing about honor, but I'm not really honoring the Lord with my life. And so how do we worship God? We worship Him with our entire life. Now go to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. Talking about honoring God. How do we honor Him? We esteem Him highly. Matthew 7 and verse 6, 7, 6, says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Now analyze this for a moment. Why wouldn't you give what's holy to dogs? Why wouldn't you give a pig a beautiful, expensive pearl? (laughs) The pig doesn't know the difference. The pig does not appreciate you more because you gave him a pearl. The pig doesn't wear it around the the pig pen. (laughs) Showing off its new nose ring (laughs) with that pearl, right? Why don't you give what's holy to dogs? The dog doesn't know the difference between what's holy and what's not holy. We got a new dog, and he doesn't know that our carpet is holy. (laughs) Carpet, grass, they're all the same. But notice what the Lord said. You don't give what's holy, watch, to someone or something that doesn't know the difference, that doesn't appreciate holy things. You don't give what something, something holy to someone who will treat it as if it's just the same as everything else. Do you know there are a lot of Christian dogs and pigs? Now, don't go finding them, pointing them out. But listen, this is a reality in our day. Many people treat everything as the same. They got the things of God. They got their hobbies. They got their interests. They got what God wants to do. They got the Word. They got church services. They got the movies. They got baseball. They got uh, all kinds. And it's all mixed in one big bag, and it's all the same. What does that make you? A dog, a pig, yikes. But that's the person who places equal value on everything. Everything is not supposed to be on the same plane. Not everything is supposed to be of equal value. We're supposed to be smarter than that. We're supposed to be able to appreciate the good things that the Lord does and the good things that He gives and separate it from the things of man. Amen. Now watch. If the Lord tells us to do this, if He says, don't give what's holy to dogs, do you think He does? Do we think that He operates by this same wisdom and same principle? He does. 
And if I am saying, I want more, I want, Lord, reveal to me, Lord, show me, Lord, use me, Lord, do all this stuff in my life, and yet I'm going to take what He does and says and gives and treat it as common, treat it as the same, He's not going to give it to me. You see, I cut off the supply for my life and all the, the benefits and the perks that the Lord wants me to live in when I don't honor and respect them. I don't give them the weight that they inherently possess because they came from Him. You see, it's vital that we recognize what the Lord is saying and doing and give it a pro- the proper place. Amen. I, I know this, that uh, a friend of mine years ago, he would frequently get spiritual songs from the Lord. Ephesians 5.18 type of stuff. And we'd praise the Lord and songs would come out of him and they'd rhyme and all kinds of good stuff. And, and it, was a, it was a real blessing. And he was telling me about one time he was going along and it seemed like all of a sudden they stopped. He stopped getting spiritual songs from the Lord any, uh, you know, anymore. And he was, of course, that kind of troubled him, and he was bugged by that. Well, where are the spiritual songs? How come they're not flowing? What's wrong? He wasn't backslidden or anything. What's, what's wrong? Why wasn't the Lord giving him any songs? And he came to learn. I think he spoke with someone else, and they gave him some advice regarding, regarding this. But he went back and started writing down all the songs the Lord had given him. Before that, he would come, and he'd forget some of them and, and uh, you know, lose them. He started writing down all the songs that, Lord, that the Lord gave him. You know what happened? You know what happened. The faucet opened up again. All of a sudden, that flow came back to him. Why? He gave value. He honored what the Lord gave him. And so what happens when you do that? You get more. Because you're no longer a pig and a dog. You can handle what's holy. You can handle what's valuable. You respect it. And the Lord says, I can trust that one. And wham, here comes his revelation again. Here comes, here comes more of what, uh, of what was uh, the delight of his heart and making, some, making such a major difference. Why do some people get more from God than others? It, and they do, by the way. No, everyone's the same. No, everyone's not the same. People live at all kinds of various levels. The Lord is the same. He is faithful, and he, is, he does not play favorites. But people walk in different degrees of God's blessing and walk in different degrees of God's favor because some consider what he does to be valuable. Amen. If we are going to be people of honor, we must, value, we, we must value what God values. See, if we were to ask that question, and we ought to, I think, what is important to the Lord? What's important to him? Could you answer that question? Could you sit down and think and write a list? These things are important to God. Here's the problem. If I can't do that, I can't live that. If I don't know what he considers important and valuable, I don't know what I'm supposed to consider important and valuable. And if I don't know that, I can't show those things honor. If I can't show those things honor, I'm not showing him honor. And if I'm not showing him honor, guess what? He's not going to honor me. And so I've got to find out what's coming from God and what's not. 
What is important to Him? I know a lot of times people will go to great lengths to remember special occasions, special events, you know, weddings and anniversaries and birthdays and graduations and all these type of things. And they'll take video and take pictures and, uh, you know, have little memorabilia and all kinds of save the napkin and, you know, put it in the book, in the in the scrapbook or something, all this stuff because it was a real special event. They want to remember it. It brings good feelings to them, and, 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 and so they do that, all right? Do you know that's a godly principle? It's a biblical principle to remember what God has done and what He has said and what He has revealed to us. In the Old Testament, they would set up, at times, they would set up memorials. God did something special. He revealed Himself. He delivered them. He set them free. There was a great miracle, and they'd create a memorial there, something that wouldn't be easily moved. Something that they could always, when people would walk by, they'd see, this is where God did such and such. They remember. There's a lot of stuff in your life you ought to forget. <laughs> and that's very helpful. But you know what? There are certain things it's dishonorable to forget. That it's not godly to forget. In fact, just the opposite. I honor the Lord by remembering. I think in heaven, for, for uh, you know, millennia to come, there's going to be certain things in the past that we're always talking about. The past. Yeah, how about Jesus on the cross and Jesus coming out of the grave? We're never going to forget that one. But sometimes we, we let forgetting be an excuse. I was going to do that, but I forgot. What does forgetting say? Forgetting says it wasn't important. I know this is kind of hard to hear. I know we if you have kids, you've definitely dealt with this. I told you to do this, this, and this. Well, I was going to. I just forgot. And how many know they feel like that's a good excuse? That lets them off the hook. No, all that means is you didn't value what I said to you. It was not important because you never forget your birthday. You never forget if mom or dad said you could go, you know, on this outing or, you know, with a friend. You never forget some of these other, you never forget that money that I owe you, <laughs> you know. You know what I'm talking about? I never forget an allowance or something. Why do you forget this? Because it's not important. All right. And that's a true principle. It's a lot easier to tell our kids than it is to tell ourselves, though. When we're forgetting stuff and it's... God's stuff that we're forgetting. It's important events, things that He has said. I mean, it might be three years ago. He answered your prayer. He spoke to you. He healed you. Made a difference in your life. Did something special. But today, you can't hardly can't even remember it. I wonder if we're showing a lack of honor in doing so. We're lightly esteeming what He has said and what He's done. Let's go over to First Thessalonians, chapter two. I really believe that if we are going to honor God, that this should be measurable. It should be something that we can be specific about. Not just, I know the, the words of the song about, you know, the honor song. Or if we're just asked, do you respect the Lord? We say, yes, affirmative, I do. No, there should be practical ways that we show honor to the Lord. And here's what I'm talking about. Three main areas that we honor God in. One 
is we honor God by honoring His plan. Number two, His people. And number three, His presence. I cannot say that I'm honoring God if I am being uh, disrespectful to His Word, His people, or His presence. All right, I can't walk away from that saying, oh, but I honor the Lord. <laughs> no, it's actually revealed in how I treat these things. Now, when we talk about His plan, the first area here is God's plan is revealed to us in His Word. I cannot say that I honor God if I do not show honor to His Word. Now, now, now look with me over here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. 2.13. It says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which also effectively works in you who believe. Did you notice he made special effort to point out that you received the word a certain way. That implies that not everybody receives the word of God the same way. He said, you received it as a word from God. That means that some people were receiving the word from God as a word from man. Is that possible? Does that diminish it at all? I'm telling you, this happens a lot. And people don't realize how they are dishonoring the Lord by calling what He says someone's opinion. When does that happen most frequently? When people disagree. Or when it runs cross-grain to their life. They're going one way. The Word of God says to go a different way. Well, that's just your opinion. All of a sudden, when it's uncomfortable for us, we think we are justly able to, we wouldn't say it this way probably, but despise the Lord. The way that a person receives a word from a word from God determines whether that word is going to work. If I take a word from God and act like it's a word from man, it doesn't work in me. Notice the language there. I'm not just making this up. He said... You received a word from God as if it were a word from God. Because of that, it effectively worked in you. It effectively works in those who believe. So if I take a word from God and treat it as a word from man, it does me no good. And eventually that gets cut off because I become a dog. In regards to being smart enough to recognize the difference. You see how it's important that we be discerning? See, it, it is my responsibility. I must know what's coming from God and what's coming from some person. I've got to be able to distinguish, distinguish the difference. If I can't, I can't honor what comes from the Lord. I'll be just like, uh, okay, that was God. Oh, that was man. And if I call something, again, from God, I call it from man, it doesn't work in my life. And it dishonors the Lord. See how this is important? Now, if we were, if we were standing here and the Lord Jesus came walking in, in the flesh, robe and everything, you know, holes in the hands, scars, and he came up and started speaking, 
and setting a lot of us straight in our thinking. And we, we realize that, oh, I was wrong about that, that, and that. I think most of us would be probably pretty quick to change. We wouldn't be very quick to say, ah, that's just his opinion. <laughs> that's just what he thinks. Why? Well, because we're kind of stuck. That's Jesus. <laughs> However, when Jesus speaks through an individual, by the way, it's kind of his preferred method. Hmm? When Jesus speaks to another person, that's where if we don't recognize the difference, we're going to get caught dishonoring God. We have got to be able to recognize what is coming from the Lord and what's not. Amen. And there is a degree of discernment that has to come into play here because there's no perfect human beings that never integrate their opinions. I do my best, but I am not faultless in this. I do my best to tell you this is my thought, this is my opinion, to be dogmatic where I see it in the Word and not in other places. But we've got to be discerning. It's actually, ultimately, it's up to each of us to recognize what the Lord is saying. If we don't, we can't honor Him. I'm not honoring God and ignoring His Word. It never happens. Just like you don't honor me and ignore my Word. I don't honor you and ignore what you say. They're one in the same. Remember when uh, Joe Morris was here, he was talking, and he said that uh, he had a vision one time about this church service, and in this church service, he in the, in the vision in the in the service that was about to happen, but in the vision he saw Jesus walk into the service. Jesus walked into the side, and uh, he came over and started ministering to some people and doing some things, and uh, and Joe was pretty happy about that, thinking. This is going to be great. Jesus is going to walk into the service, and he's going to do this. <laughs> Isn't that easy? That's all the pressure's off. And uh, what he come to find out, though, that as the service was going on, Jesus wasn't coming. <laughs> Not in the way that he thought. And what, the, what he come to find out, what the Lord showed him, it wasn't that Jesus was going to physically manifest in the service and walk up and start ministering to people. What was going to happen? He was going to do it. That it, but was it Jesus? It was Jesus. Jesus was going to go over and minister to these people, but he was going to do it through Joe. The Lord kind of likes to do things that way. We would like to sit back and just watch him do it all. Let's let the Lord go to work. That's just not typically the way he does things. He moves through people. That's why, again, we must recognize what's coming from him, what's coming from us. Amen. Let me finish up here in one more scripture today. 1 Chronicles chapter 13. 1 Chronicles chapter 13. We honor God by honoring His plan. What's God's plan? His plan is, first of all, revealed in His Word. In this story, this is when the ark of God was being moved, uh, being brought from Kiriath-Jerim. You remember in the Old Testament, the presence of God did not dwell in all the, in, in all the people who followed God. Uh, people weren't filled with the Spirit in, their, in those days. 
but the ark of God was the pre- the presence of God was contained within the ark. Everybody know what I'm talking about? And so there were very strict rules regarding that. And they were moving the ark. And it says here in verse 7, So they carried the ark of God on a new cart. Everybody say a new cart. And from the house of Abinadab and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. All right. Then David, with all Israel, played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and with trumpets. Are they having a good time? I mean, is this a celebration? I mean, the presence of God is there, and they've got the band going. They are shouting and dancing and just hooping it up and just having a great time. They are rejoicing. I mean, this is a, a time. Wouldn't you think this is honoring God? I mean, wouldn't you think, man, God is pleased with what's happening here. I mean, these people are worshiping, man. I mean, they got the sound system cranked up. They are having a party in my name. Certainly, God is up there in heaven doing a little rejoicing himself, right? No. Verse 9. When they came to Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark and died there before God. David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. Therefore, that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. Now, what is going on here? First of all, understand this, just to put it in context. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're in a new covenant. Things do happen differently. However, let's not miss the principle and the heart of God that remains the same throughout both covenants. Why in the world did Uzzah have such a weird name? No, that's not the point. (laughs) Why did Uzzah lose his life? The way that you honor God is by honoring His Word. They didn't do that. You see, the Lord gave very specific instructions on how the ark of God was to be transported. The Levites had to carry it on poles. But what did they do? They came up with their own plan. They thought, let's get a shiny brand new cart. We'll get the Lord a new car to ride in. Ohio, Ohio, (laughs) you drive. And everyone danced and shouted, Woo-hoo-hoo! The Lord was not happy with that. They dishonored Him. Maybe they thought, you know, that pole thing, that's kind of outdated. I mean, we've got these new carts now. And it's actually better. I mean, those things are heavy. I mean, can you imagine carrying God around? (laughs) But they might have had a better plan. They got this new cart. This would be easier. It's more e- efficient. It's uh, uh, whatever, the, whatever it is. It's a better way. That dishonors the Lord when you come up with a better way than what he said to do. It really does. Someone said, well, maybe they just forgot. Maybe they did. Does that let us off the hook if we forget? 
Maybe they just hadn't been in the Word, so they didn't realize that this is the way it's... Well, that's a problem. We are expected to know what the Lord says. Ignorance is no excuse. Does it cost us if we don't know? It can cost your life by not knowing some things. It really does. I must honor the Lord by doing things His way. Amen. What happened here to Uzzah? He was lightly esteemed. He didn't honor God, and his life became not worth much. Just like that. Let's say, let's say that you're having a little uh, remodel at your house. And uh, you're going to paint some rooms. And, and uh, a friend of yours realizes that you're doing that. And they offer to help. So I come over. I'm a good painter. I got painting stuff, equipment. And I can come help. And they came over to your house. And, and uh, you said, oh, you know, that would be great. Thank you so much. And they said, I can do it right now. And you said, well, I've got to. You know, I've got some things I've got to do. I can't start for a few hours. And uh, if you would, you know, if you want to, you can start now. And you told them this wall's this color and this wall's this color, and you were going to put this border up here. And you were explaining what you're going to what you're going to do. And they said, "Oh yeah, great." And so you went went away and did what you had to do. And you came back in a few hours, and he had a good bit of it done. But when you walked in the house, it suddenly got real awkward because he didn't do it the way you said to do it. He put different color here and different color here and he changed the border and and uh and you like ah what happened here did i miscommunicate that did did you not understand how i wanted this wall this color and 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 he said well no i heard you and everything but i got to thinking about it i realized it would look a lot better like this i realized that this this looks much better with the way your house is laid out and uh, did they honor you no they didn't no, they despised you. They, they put their own way. They took their own methods and, and plans and put them higher than yours. And you weren't appreciative of that. That actually dishonored you. And the same thing is true when we've got our way of doing it. And I know God's Word said this, but this situation's different. I mean, times are changing. Hmm. Technology changes, and sometimes, you know, in our day, things are different. It's frightening to me when I hear some of, when I hear, have heard of some of America's leading preachers that at one time preached a pure gospel are saying things that are undermining the very basis of things like John 14, 6. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. You've won so many people to the Lord. What's happening? I'm telling you, it's dishonoring to God when we insert our own ways and our own methods, and all of a sudden I've got a better way that, that this works now. If I'm going to honor God, what am I going to do? I'm going to honor His plan, which begins with His Word. His Word means everything to me. If He said it in His Word... That's what has to govern my life from this point. Amen. I've got much more to share. And so we're going to come back and do it again. And we're going to pick up here and we're going to talk about being made of honor. Amen. Father, thank you so much now for what you're doing in this place.
what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. We believe that you're at work. We believe that you're preparing and equipping us for greater things to come. And you're helping us to position ourselves where we can be honored of you. Lord, we purpose in our hearts today to show you the respect and the honor, the weight that is due your name. We don't want to be lightweights in the kingdom. We want to be playing an important part of your plan. Father, reveal and show to us, I pray, any areas where, where we're missing, where we're lacking in these things, where we're falling short and maybe in some in some way, maybe not on purpose, but in some way we're despising you. We're dishonoring your ways. Lord, we want to make adjustments. We want to get things back on the straight and narrow, things back on course. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for working in our lives. Father, for those who've come today that are not saved, they've never been born again.